This is Amazing Things. I'm Adam Belmar. Alzheimer's is a chronic neurodegenerative disease that is poorly understood. Approximately 45 million people worldwide suffer from the condition, for which no treatment to stop or reverse its progression exists. And while clinical research into the disease continues in earnest around the globe, the sad fact is that 99.6% of clinical drug trials fail. But with the advent of human trials for a non-invasive therapy, there might just be a flickering light at the end of the tunnel. A ray of hope in the fight against Alzheimer's after this. The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research. Because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com. At the Peakower Institute for Learning and Memory at MIT, Dr. Li Wei Tsai and her team of researchers have taken a new approach to looking at Alzheimer's disease. And what they've found in mouse models has led to the development of a non-invasive, light-based therapy that combats the sticky plaques that build up in the brain and are considered to be the culprit behind the disease. The brain is an extremely complex organ. It is not just genes and molecules, or even just cells. Our brains have billions of neurons and other supporting cells. And these neurons make trillions of synapses with each other and form these extremely intricate brain circuits and networks, much like a computer, but more powerful. The amyloid hypothesis has been dominant in the field for several decades. The sticky plaques that you commonly see in Alzheimer's patients are made up of small amyloid peptides. These peptides accumulate in patients with Alzheimer's and are considered the culprit of the disease. But so far, all the drugs that are designed to target amyloid, either to reduce its total amount or to interfere with its production, have not been successful. And what we currently know about the buildup of amyloid in the brain is that it actually starts two decades before the other pathological symptoms of Alzheimer's appears, before the severe memory loss and dementia showed up, amyloid is already building up. So we know that brain structure changes as cells die and brain function slowly deteriorates to the level where medical help is sold. We decided to look at the brain as a whole system and look at Alzheimer's disease as a systems level failure. And this is the reason why we started to ask what happened to the brain circuits and to the brain networks over the two decades when amyloid builds up in the brain before the onset of Alzheimer's disease. Part of looking at the brain as a whole system, as Dr. Sai describes it, is understanding that when large groups of connected neurons fire together in a synchronized way, brain waves are produced. These brain waves turn out to be highly evolutionarily conserved, from small mammals such as bats and mice to primates and humans. And different frequency of brain waves have been assigned to different brain functions. 
And among the different frequencies of、uh, brain oscillations or brain waves, gamma rhythms are known to be involved in higher order brain functions. Functions like sensory perception, attention, decision making, and working memory. And what we found in a mouse model of Alzheimer's, and what others have found in people, is that very early on in the course of Alzheimer's, before cognitive symptoms can be detected, gamma rhythms. Are already impaired in the brain, so this suggests to us that the compromised gamma rhythms may contribute to the development of Alzheimer's. So, working with her colleagues at MIT, Dr. Sai created a system of lights that flicker in a specific gamma pattern at around 40 hertz, or 40 cycles per second. And when the team recorded brain activity during the flickering light treatment, they found the neurons were actually firing at gamma frequencies. We were really surprised when we first saw the results. We found that inducing gamma rhythms drastically reduced beta amyloids in the brain. So this was so surprising. I have to tell you, in my laboratory, that when Hannah Alcarino. My former graduate student obtained the data and presented to the lab members. No one believed it. Everyone questioned her findings, and for a long time, we were very anxious about this result, and we were desperate to really know whether this is real or not. So, to get to the bottom of the amyloid production question, the team ran a series of experiments, and what they found is the production of amyloid by neurons is indeed significantly reduced after an hour of exposure to the flickering lights, and that, in and of itself, is amazing. But the results these scientists were seeing was something way beyond just a decrease in production of the sticky plaque. No, all of a sudden, a great deal of the existing amyloid was suddenly gone too. We finally realized that there is something else spectacular that's happening, which is the effect on microglia, the brain's immune cells. So microglia usually act as the scavengers or janitors of the brain, normally removing foreign substances such as bacteria or viruses or toxic waste such as the amyloid from the brain. And microglia are known to be very impaired. In Alzheimer's, they don't do their normal jobs in Alzheimer's brain. After using the light flicker exposure and bring gamma back, these janitor cells, these microglia, they become active again. They become much larger in size. They look much more complex, and most importantly, they are actively chewing up the amyloid. So we finally understood that there are several things going on in the brain to reduce the amyloid levels following the light flicker treatment. One is the amyloid production is reduced, but simultaneously amyloid clearance is increased. So this is we realize this is a very powerful way to reduce amyloid in the brain. So, if amyloid is considered the culprit of Alzheimer's disease, then reduction of amyloid is a good indication that the brain is getting healthier, right? 
I think it is hard for me to really answer that question properly. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is no mouse model that can fully recapitulate human disease. And most of the models, or essentially all of the models, at best capture very early stage of the disease or even pre-disease state. So seeing the reduction of this pathology is very exciting, but it is really hard for us to know to what extent this approach gonna work in humans. And that is why Dr. Sai and her research partner, Dr. Ed Boyden, started with MIT's help a company called Cognito Therapeutics to start testing their flickering light treatment as soon as possible in humans. So the company is creating some prototype devices to optimize human usage, and Carnito is doing currently some feasibility studies in human subjects, and they are just about to start the initial human testing, human studies in Alzheimer's subjects in the Boston area. Their plan. Is to simultaneously engage communities, not just in Boston area, but also all over the countries in different cities and different states. With this non-invasive strategy, I feel that this can be an approach much more accessible to many, many more people. And I want to point out one thing: by talking to a lot of people, Alzheimer's disease is a disease. That's different from other diseases like hypertension or cancer. That people have no problem talking about it and reveal themselves to friends and family and doctors. Alzheimer's disease is something I think the society, most people in the society, still have a hard time to really face it. A lot of people feel if they reveal themselves to have memory problems, may have early stage Alzheimer's disease, they don't necessarily want to tell other people. They feel diminished if other people know about the condition. So I feel with a non-invasive approach, I think it has the potential to to have to provide better access to larger number of people. And in fact, my dream. Is that perhaps one day we can try to create a gamma society? We can try to change our lighting system at home or on the streets, the refresh rate of a computer monitors or TV, so people can get exposure to the gamma flicker more readily to create a healthy society. Now that is a very bold and exciting vision for the future. But let's go back to that fact that 99.6% of clinical drug trials to date on Alzheimer's have failed. Well, statistics like that don't stop researchers like Dr. Sai, and they don't stop the NIH, which has funded so much of her groundbreaking work over the years, either. They are always pushing forward because even a flicker of a finding can possibly be the answer to one of the most important challenges of our time. I would like people to understand that the most important fundamental research takes time, and it is usually unpredictable. Because if you already know the result you're gonna get, then this kind of science cannot be that novel and groundbreaking. 
this work has been funded by the NIH. I really appreciate, especially the R01 funding mechanism. They very generously gave the investigators five years to work on a particular project, and I think this kind of long-term investment really pays off. You can see this example over and over again. So I think that if the goal, you know, is to force people to come up with immediate treatment for any disease, it's just not gonna work. Scientific research doesn't work that way. In my wildest dream, I never thought that I would come upon this kind of observations, this profound, this. Sort of hard to believe that would cost me so many sleepless nights. However, I also want to say this is why I continue to be a neuroscientist doing basic research. You know, the road is hard and long. We work long hours. We work many, many hours a day. We work seven days a week. We never stop working. Or even when I'm not in my office or in my laboratory, when I'm at home or somewhere, I'm always thinking about my science and about my project. This long and hard journey sometimes give you such tremendous reward. Words cannot describe the joy when you come across such exciting, unexpected results, and that's why I keep doing it. That's why I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life. I would like to tell the lawmakers that the investment in fundamental biomedical research is the best investment in the U.S. We have the best scientists. The brightest mind, the most creative people that really want to make impact for the society, really want to make the world a better place to be, and I think you will appreciate how much return the country will get by keep investing in the fundamental, basic biomedical research. The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research. Because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com.